Hello and welcome to another edition of Retrospection. In this episode, we're heading off to a world of fantasy with the 1987 film Masters of the Universe. Have you got the power? Nope, different pants. Yeah, I'm in a powerless Must pants. be the way you sat. Yeah, yeah I can only cross my legs in my power pants. My name's Colin and Fool, you are no longer my equal. I am more than man, more than life. I am a god! Are you going to do a quote? Oh yeah, I haven't done one yet. That was just my normal work-up speech that I, I, I do in the it, mornings. I thought it mirror. probably was, yeah. While I pu punch myself in the <laughs> chest. And I'm Paul, and never think when you're hungry. So either you're always hungry. Or I never think. Yeah. We'll let the listeners decide, Wait. eh? Yeah. Okay. So this film stars Dolph... Lundgren as He-Man. Yes, it does. Yeah. Are, are, are we going to talk about him now, or shall we wait? Let's talk, leave it for a bit. We'll pick a. We'll pick an opportunity. There's moment. one or two in this movie. All right. Tell you what. When you get to a moment when you think I want to talk about it, I'll do let that. Me know. I'll do that. All right. Frank Langella as Skeletor. Meg Foster as Evelyn. Billy Barty as Gwildor, Courtney Cox as Julie Winston, Robert Duncan McNeil as Kevin Corrigan, and I'm going to mention something okay. about that in a minute, John Cipher as Duncan, Man of Times, Chelsea Field as Teela, James Tolkien as Detective Lubick, and Christina Pickles as Sorceress of Castle Greyskull. This is the first time I realised that this is... Tom uh, Paris. Paris from... Uh, yeah. I never, I never, it never connected well, before. Well, in all fairness, he, he hasn't got the mullet in uh, Voyager, but he, he doesn't look any different. Right. No, but for some reason, it never. Well, maybe because the time between watching Voyager and watching this film is, yeah. is big. You know, it was too big for me to connect. So yeah, I was like, oh yeah, that's that guy. You know, he's not the he's not the only Star Trek connection either. Oh, you love your Star Trek connections. The skeletal mask was used in Next Generation. Oh, for what character or episode? Do you remember um, Worf's little training program they used to have on the holodeck? Read fight monsters. Yes. One of the monsters was kind yeah. of a skeletal type monster, and it's the same mask apparently. Wow. Yeah. So that got that got a good uh, a good a good uh, use out of however much it cost. Yeah, they got the money's yeah. worth. <laughs> <laughs> out of that piece of latex. Uh, music is by Bill Conti. You've got to say, of all the things in this movie, the music is is the best. It's a cracking score. It's very epic. It's epic. It's it's kind of a cross between Star Wars and a superhero type. Yeah, hey, that's exactly what I wrote. Yeah. I wrote cross between Star Wars and Superman. Yeah. It tiptoes between the two. It does. It does. Bill Conti's... Um, He's one of those those composers that people forget about, I think. Yeah, what else did he do? Well, he's, well Bill Conti's done lots of things that, that we all know. He did the music for Rocky. He also uh, worked on the music for For Your Eyes Only. And, you know, he's, he's worked solidly for, for, what, 40, 50 years, I would imagine. And he's still working today. Yeah. It's a good score. Does he have any other info about the film? Frank Langella, apparently, he only took the role because of his son. That's right. That's in that documentary. Yeah. Um, 
with power of Grayskull. That's right. He was. He didn't even read the script. He was just sign me up. Well, apparently, Sam was a huge He-Man fan, wasn't he? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, incidentally, that is a very good documentary. So it, I think it's on Amazon Prime at the moment. If anyone wants to check it out. Uh, it is for you in the US. You have to pay to rent. Oh it. right. Okay. Um, Frank Langella said many times on record that this is one of his favourite roles and that he had a really good time making this movie. Yeah, he's got no problems with it whatsoever. He just enjoyed it. I think other other than and other than the fact that, that certain things had to be truncated, I think he's a little bit the final fight bothered sequence, by right? that. Because he worked quite hard on that, didn't he? Yeah. 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 Um Yeah. But you know, it actually it's actually obvious in the film. That he enjoyed it. Oh, he's, he's having a whale of a time. He's chewing the scenery like anybody's yeah. business, isn't he? He's, he's... And he, he's perfect for it. Oh, he is. That that level of almost pantomime performance mm-hmm. is perfect for this film. Um, he's he's all, We've seen him before in something that we've done on Retrospection. Can you remember what it was? Carry on camping. <laughs> not quite. Not quite. It was, it was um, <laughs> 1979's Dracula. Oh, for some reason, I've I've wiped that from my memory. Have you? Okay, that's, that's yeah. one of my one of my favourite movies. Not, that you know, Colin. <laughs> not just the film, but the podcast as well. <laughs> it's gone. It doesn't exist. Uh, no, you've probably even taken it's it like off you... the feed, haven't you? It doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> you know, when Data in TNG has a virus and he reboots himself, mm-hmm. I, I've done that. I don't remember you hating it that much. I probably didn't. I'm, this is this is the comedic performance. I'm playing a character part. Oh, I forgot we you were need, doing You that. need to learn this. It's I not forgot us. we were. Oh, yes. is, these are characters. Yes, sorry, sorry. Y- yours, however, is very close to who you are, but that's just the way you've decided to go. Well, you know, I, I, I've got to be method, obviously. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm. I thought you said methadone for a second then. I, I did read that Mattel ran a competition where um, the winner would get a role in the movie and, ev- and and apparently the winner ended up playing the character of Pig Boy. I don't even know. Was that like a background person? I, I think he's he's the character that um, when Skeletor walks into the throne room, he passes his staff off to him. Oh, okay. And that's it, yeah. Pig Boy. Pig Boy, nice. Yeah. Um, the throne room, you've got to say, it's an impressive set. Yeah, I mean, we'll talk about some of that as we go through it. Well, it was, um, apparently it was the largest set used in Hollywood in over 40 years at that point. They had oh. to knock down a wall between two separating sound stages to, to, to make it. Oh, that I'm surprised about. I didn't realise it was that large. It's probably not shot very well. I mean, it looks uh, large, but it's probably not, not used to the best of, of its capacity. Apparently, Meg Foster complained that the, the £45 costume left her groin bruised. I... What was that, Colin? Uh, yeah, what was that? you know what I was going to say. <laughs> I do know what you were going to say. I think we all know what you were going to say. We'll, we'll leave it there, shall we? Yeah. Um, fun fact... Go on. Do you remember the fun fact? Uh, yeah, fun they, they, fact. they don't happen often, so I cherish them. They should, they don't have, often, they should yeah. have their own jingle. They should, yeah. So, that's, a, that's a project for you. Yeah. Um, the actress playing the sorceress, she also went on to play Courtney Cox's mother in Friends. Oh, that is a fun fact. Thank you very much. Um, Mattel apparently stipulated that He-Man should never kill anyone in the movie. Yeah, that's funny, right? 
<laughs> yeah. He's got massive gun, yeah. huge sword, and he's not allowed to kill anyone. No, he just has to smack him on the head or something. Knock, knock him out. It's like the A-team of He-Man. <laughs> but he, he, the only thing he, he actually... I'm pretty sure... Are, so are the, are the soldiers meant to be robots then? Not actually supposed to be real people? Well, yeah, they all spark, right? For some reason. They do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, apparently there was a sequel script written. Um, but due to this not doing very well, uh, which I'll get to the box office receipts in a minute, but... Um, the script was eventually rewritten and it was turned into the movie Cyborg. Oh. Huh. Okay. It's funny, like, I think pretty much every year this film has apparently been about to be rebooted, 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 like started again mm. with different mm-hmm. directors. Like, McGee was once slated as being a director the knee brothers mm-hmm. uh joe carnish was supposed to be writing john m chu was going to be directing like every year even john woo was supposed to be directing a reboot of this film at one time yeah i remember reading about the john woo thing but then i think the hulk happened and that 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 put, put an end to that I think. oh i see right. yeah I think the reason why it always struggles is because it 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 it, it seems like it's probably quite a, a difficult thing to put into live action. I know that Netflix have got a next year they've got a new sort of anime style cartoon or or on that's coming out that's that's I think Kevin Smith's got something to do with it. Right. So that's probably how it should be. Maybe an animated feature film. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure that somebody at some point in the future will try it again. Yeah, yeah, it's possible. I mean, the, the, the Hollywood's running out of properties to, 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 to redo, so they'll scrape the barrel at some point, won't they? Yeah. We, we talked about how, how the, the, the final fight was had to be truncated. That was because apparently um, Cannon pulled the plug uh, three days before it was meant to actually end. And then, um, so they left the final battle unfilmed, and it was only after two months that they gathered enough of a budget budget again to allow the final fight to be filmed in in a very sort of scaled down manner with a minimum crew. Yeah. Oh, I guess we'll talk about that when we get to it. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, did you, well, one more thing as well. Dolph Lundgren said that this in 1989 that he felt that this film was the lowest point in his career as an actor. I'm pretty sure he's gone lower than that since 1989. Yeah, I don't know much about his career to kind of like go, oh, he did this film or that film. I can't remember stuff he's done. Just done a lot of um, straight-to-video action movies from what I remember him as. Yeah. And then, like, Other than Rocky Four, Right. You know. The Expendables recently. One yeah. Of those. Apparently he's in um, View to a Kill, isn't he? Yeah, apparently. About two seconds. Yeah. I forgot to mention the um, the budget. So the budget was $22 million and the box office was $17 million. So close. <laughs> For canon, I know. <laughs> so close. Oh well. I think this is the isn't this the film that killed canon or one of the films? One of them. There's a few that they released. I mean, one of the Superman films mm. and things mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. We've done an awful lot of the movies though. I actually, I actually, when I begin, it's like we begin with a canon logo, and I was thinking, how many times have we said that in a podcast? Surprisingly. A large number of times. Why do we? Quite a few. Why do we many... do this to ourselves? <laughs> They're not all bad. I'm pretty sure we enjoyed Life Force, didn't we? Yes. Yeah. 
And, uh, and every time you say it, I always reply, Canon, the seal of quality. You do, in the hope that maybe you're right mm-hmm. one day. One day. One day. I'm sure you will be. Mm-hmm. Maybe today? Well, we, who never, we never know. It could be. Mm-hmm. could be. We'll find out, won't we? So, as I said, it begins with a Canon logo. And mm-hmm. the electronic signature gives way to the sound of wind as a surprisingly simple early credits are shown yeah it's just a blue background with with um sort of cartoon writing on it yeah it's like these are rather subtle i'm liking the direction we're going in we're we're raining in a bit (laughs) we're controlling this is interesting it's got me intrigued and we cut to a shot of castle grayskull perched on a desolate mountain as the winds howl and narrator explains the setup at the center of the universe at the border of the light and the dark stands Castle Grayskull. As he speaks, we zoom in closer to the castle, which it's a matte painting, and I don't think it looks particularly realistic, but it it's stylized and it's really detailed, and it, it's actually a lovely piece of artwork. Yeah, I think in that documentary that we, we mentioned, the the guy that painted it said that he didn't realise that they were they 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 liked it so much that they they didn't even bother. It was a concept painting, and they didn't bother making the actual model. They just used the concept painting. Yeah, in that documentary when he's showing his stuff, he's his stuff like looks really good. You know, I was like, oh, that's nice. Yeah. If anything, the stuff that they didn't use looks even better. And I couldn't understand their attitude that. Oh, he's got to look like the figure. He's got to look like the figure. But didn't they mm-hmm. want to make new figures? Exactly. So yeah. why wouldn't you want He-Man in a different costume so that you could sell a new figure? It, weird. That's why they didn't use a lot of the existing bad guys, isn't it? And they created some new ones for this yeah. movie. Yeah. For countless ages, the sorcerers of Castle Grayskull has kept this universe in harmony. We move closer to the skull motif. But the armies of darkness do not rest, and the capture of Grayskull is ever most in their minds. For to those that control Grayskull will come the power. And we see the back of a woman who seems to be looking out and up into the starry, dark sky. The power to be one of the Supremes. Sorry, the, the power to be Supreme, not one of the Supremes. It's a very different <laughs> film. Yes. The power to be almighty. And now we see a shimmering blanket of colours growing larger across the sky. The power to be masters of the universe. And now, oh yeah, those real credits with a metallic whooshing rushing and this multicoloured blanket blends with the word masters. I knew these credits were hiding somewhere. <laughs> yeah, it turns into Superman 2, doesn't it? Yes. They whoosh it at you. And so yeah. does the music. It does, it does. But again, like we said, it's, it's great music, so, so it's fine. It works with, yeah. with what we're looking at. Yeah. yeah. Finishes with a massive explosion, and we cut to Skeletor walking along a corridor flanked by his guards. With every other step, he slams his heavy staff onto the floor. Watch it. I didn't say a word. The, the music at this point has kind of switched to the Darth Vader theme. Oh, yeah. If, if you didn't know anything about Skeletor, you didn't know he was evil, this music's telling you he's evil, all right. Mm-hmm. We see another matte painting of Skeletor orders Evil in to report in. She says that the castle is secure, the city gates have been sealed, and they are closing in on the Fenurian. I beg your pardon? Mm, the Fenurian. 
you can get a cream for that, you know. You can, but it stings. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Meg Foster. What? Crazy eyes. Interesting. Uh, yeah, Interesting they were gonna actress. they were gonna use contacts for it, and then they were yes. like, "Why? Why bother?" <laughs> just look. I think we commented on her eyes when we when we saw her in um, They Live as well, didn't we? Well, they are distinctive. I mean, mm. yeah. She tells him that He Man continues to lead the resistance, but they will have him before the day is out. I want him kneeling at my feet, says Skeletor. Evelyn then kind of appears to break the fourth wall by staring at the camera and saying, after all this time, Castle Grayskull is ours. There's a lot of that in this film, isn't there? There's a lot of time yeah. where characters just stir directly into the camera and address the audience. Yeah, it's a, it's a weird thing. Are they doing, like, Shakespeare asides? Are they actually talking to the audience? Uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> what, he's doing, no one, what did he say? I don't know, he's doing an aside. We can't hear it. <laughs> I mean, I mean, Langella thinks he's doing Richard III anyway, doesn't he? So Yeah, yeah so maybe. Angry, Skeletor shouts, No! Then sitting down more softly, he says, Mine. He says what? Mine! Oh, right, okay, sorry. <laughs> Bit more than Jeff. What? We hear a female voice speaking like the narrator. It is the sorceress. The power of Grayskull has not yet passed to you. Skeletor can hear her. Hmm, someone is speaking to me. I should just say that to you every time you start talking. <laughs> you'd be a great Skeletor. I'd be a great Skeletor. Yeah, you, you, you could play this role. I'm not sure how to take that. You take it any way you like, Colin. But the people listening know what I'm talking about. We're that, 70 odd episodes in, then, you know. Is that a positive thing or a negative thing? Answers on a postcard. <laughs> okay. Skeletor goes to the sorceress. My lovely prisoner at last. I have won. I have won. The darkness is rising to embrace you. But the sorceress tells me he hasn't won yet. He, man, is still alive. I can feel it. Can you feel this? replies Skelter and gooses her. He doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't. He's he's getting something out of this though, isn't he? His reaction to what he does. Well, what he does is one jazz hand and then a, a mm -hmm. glow envelopes the sorceress and she seems to be in pain. Mm -hmm. And he kind of goes, well, It takes a lot of energy to do a jazz hand. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, okay. you should see him when he does too. <laughs> He's out of action for a week. He is, yeah. Yeah, that's put me nice. Mm -hmm. He releases her. People of Eternia, the war is over. We cut to the outside and we see a burning landscape. Some resistance soldiers are being rounded up. Skeletor's face hovers over the landscape in a beam of light. My forces are victorious. The sorceress of Grayskull is my prisoner and her powers are now joined with mine. Let this be my first decree. And we cut to a shot of He-Man watching the giant projected face of Skeletor blather on. Those that don't pledge themselves to me will be destroyed. Well, sounds familiar, doesn't it? To, to present. The new age begins. <laughs> Make Eternia great again. No, it doesn't say that last bit. <laughs> He-Man turns around. He looks... Well... Let's talk about this. I'm not quite sure what He-Man 
he's doing at this point, really. He, 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 he kind of stood, he's standing there, and then he kind of just glances around, and, it, and he sees the soldiers passing by, and it's almost like he kind of just goes, oh, right. Yeah. All right, so <laughs> let's talk about Dolph. Okay. <clears throat> um, where would you like to start? <laughs> oh, first of all, I tried to think of a, another actor who could play this role, and... I couldn't think of one that has that physique that could portray He-Man. Can you? At the time, at the time, what about, um, I mean, the obvious choice, I think, at the time would have been Arnold Schwarzenegger. No, 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 no. No, no, no you don't think so? No. He's not right It's just not, not the right voice. Sound is all wrong. Oh, yeah, the voice would be a problem. Um I think, right. I think he... I have the power. I can't do... He... What does Arnold say? I have, the, I have the power. I have the... Yeah. Yeah, good. You did mm. better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just not right. Mind you, when I did him, then he sounded a bit Scottish, but... <laughs> okay. I have the power. <laughs> By the power <laughs> of Iron Brew. <laughs> I think that might be racist, Colin. I'm not Is sure. It, uh, okay. <laughs> it I'm, might I'm, be. I don't know. I have Scottish ancestors. We're all right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, if you say so, you can take the heat for that one. Then. No, no, cut it out. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, no, it, I, I thought, yeah, I, I can see where you're going with, but to me, that doesn't work either. Well, I mean, today, who would you cast as He-Man? Well, we don't really have that kind of physique for a leading actor anymore. That's not the thing. Ever since Bruce Willis did Dyer, that kind of went away. What we do now, though, is we, we would take an actor that wouldn't necessarily look like that all the time and bulk him up, wouldn't we? That's the, what, that's, that's the thing that they do now. You could do a um, Captain America, Chris Evans thing, you know, where they use CGI to make him look all weedy. Mm-hmm. So and what about Chris Evans? No, it'd, have to be, it'd, it'd be Chris Hemsworth, wouldn't it? Because he's a bigger guy. Yeah, 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 you're right. Chris Hemsworth would be the guy that they would go to, wouldn't he? Yeah, definitely. Od- oddly, not a million miles away in acting capability than Dolph Lundgren either. Uh, uh, yeah, you said that. I'll let the angry letters go to you. <laughs> what, from his mum? <laughs> no, actually, probably from my wife. Yeah. Um, this also brings in a point that we really needed to see Adam in this film. Yeah, it was an odd choice not to do the transformation. Yeah, they should have had Adam in this film. It should have begun with Adam at some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder why they didn't they didn't include any of that. I'm sure that at some point there was a draft that had it. Yeah, I'm and pretty it, sure it, there was as well. And it got taken away in various stages. Yeah. So, I think we both agree that he's not the greatest actor in the world, Mr. Dolph Lundgren, is he? No. Um. I, I read that they were always intended to dub him at various points in it but they gave him so long to be able to to work on his diction and work on his dialogue and in the end they just decided not to in the end because it would have costed too much right it's funny because as i was watching it i was thinking he doesn't have many lines i wonder if they cut back on the lines and gave them to the other characters I would imagine that that's what they did. I mean, and when he does say certain lines, there's there's times in this where you can you can tell that he's really struggling. Mm, yeah. With the, these dictions, uh, very off in, at times, and he puts emphasis on on words in strange places as well. To be honest, 
Paul, an hour into this podcast and four beers later, I'm not sure we're ones to comment on poor diction and odd words. <laughs> I think he's a bit rich. Us criticising somebody else for not being able to string a sentence together. Well, we, we never finish the way we start, Colin. No, no, I'm no. always upside down with my pants around my ankles. <laughs> Wait, what? That's got nothing to do with me. We're in different countries. That's got nothing to do with the podcast. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. He, 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 he's not... He's not even... You can't even say that, that what he lacks in his acting ability he makes up for with charisma because he hasn't got any of that either. No, it's not like in the Roger Piper situation where we no. talked about how he's not the world's greatest actor, but you kind of like Roddy Piper anyway. Exactly. That, that's a perfect comparison. Yeah. To show the differences between the two. Well, would Roddy Piper have made a good He-Man? Do you know what? I mean, he kind of had the Prince Adam haircut, didn't he? In the 80s. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We've, we've solved we've, it. We've solved it. Yeah. Unfortunately, it never happened. And he's dead now. So it's no. not going to happen. But... No. So... We cut back to seeing the resistance fighters being led away again. Bodies are scattered around and there's a ship burning. We see somebody being dragged away in a net by some of Skeletor's armoured troops. There's another thing I don't remember from the series, armoured troops, but okay. No, he just had his had his um, collection of, of people like Beastman and all, Trapjaw and... Ram Ramrod or whatever his name was. <laughs> Stink Stinker. Oh, Stinker. Sting. <laughs> then He-Man leaps into view and starts hacking his way through the troopers. We get a close-up of Dolph's pecs. <laughs> we do for some reason. I think they were trying to show the He-Man like costume, but it just looks like a picture of his breasts. <laughs> well, they're on screen. You might as well. I know, right? A laser blast takes out a trooper. Lasers and swords are always an odd combination. You know what? Though? I I kind of like the mixture of um, you know the the fantasy and the you know the technology mixed together. But don't you find that he looks awkward because he's got a laser rifle in one arm and a bloody heavy sword in the other, and he can't seem to aim because. He's using his left hand and he's right-handed, so he can't aim with the gun, which looks heavy, and he can't wield a sword because that needs two hands. Yeah, I, it I just also, looks. I, I also think it doesn't help that he's he's so muscle-bound that he obviously has trouble moving at times. I mean, he's not very mobile, oh. is he? I yeah, mean, it works really me. well in a car. It works really well in a cartoon, but um, but in live action. I'm ignoring your your your. <laughs> you are you are. I'm so, ignoring your your attempts to try and subvert this conversation to show off your pecs that you've <laughs> you've been working on. But you know, I, I keep them in a drawer. I do think it's a shame as well that they they couldn't do more with the turnier other than just those Star Trek rocks again that we see in everything. Yeah, I mean it's just a desert landscape, and then it gets a yeah. little more interesting when it's a map painting. And then mm-hmm. this, of course, will hit rock bottom when uh, we're not in Eternia anymore. 
Yeah, that's true. That's true. I, I, I again, that's I, I think that that's probably something that changed over time in different drafts of the script. I think they started with setting it all in Eternia, and then the Canon Money Men looked at it and went, "I don't think so." Yeah, yeah, I agree. <laughs> um, troopers can't seem to hit He-Man with the guns, but they do manage to shoot the weapon out of his hand. Yes, and doesn't he deflect a couple of laser blasts with his uh, sword as well? Almost like it's a lightsaber. Apparently, that's what swords yeah. can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it is a, it is a, a a mystical sword, isn't it? Apparently. Yeah. Did you know that they were supposed to join together to open Castle Grayskull? I never knew that. Never knew that until I, I and I had some of the toys, and I never knew that yeah, I, until I watched the documentary. Exactly. I didn't know that either. See, we're not mm-hmm. serious fans of the show, Paul. It's a cool idea, though. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, he defeats all the troopers, and we see two other people: Manadams and. Tila, thank the sorceress you're alive, says Man of Tams. And he continues, He-Man, there are a few units left, all scattered. It's chaos. Someone betrayed us, believes Tila. Uh, then the little creature that was in the net starts yelling for help and they get him out. Thank the sorceress, says Man of Tams for some reason. He keeps saying this and at no point so far has the sorceress been of any help whatsoever. No, she's just, she's just stuck in that blue line. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Man at Arms is an idiot. They don't know who this creature is, and he says he is Gwildor of the Fenar, locksmith and inventor and part-time Christmas elf. Add all Christmas elves part-time because... No, never mind. Gwildor continues. Skeletor's forces were hunting me down. A million blessings for saving my life. Man at Arms says no blessings are necessary for any foe of Skeletor's is a friend of ours. He, man, he finally gets a line... Wants to know why Gwildor is so important to Skeletor. He says, I'll show you, and leads them to his house, which you'd think Skeletor would have guarded. <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah. Right. I, I also thought his, his house reminds me a lot of Yoda's hut in Empire Strikes Back as well. It reminded me of um, Hobbit Town. Yeah, thing. Hobbit again, yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm guessing that Gwildor was a replacement for the floating wizard character that they used to have in the cartoon. Yeah, I can't remember what he was called. No, his name his name's escaped me. I'm I'm running through names and yeah. I'm getting Orak. Nope, that's uh, Blake Seven. <laughs> it, it, I'm sure it begins with an O. I, do you know what? All our listeners are screaming at us now. <laughs> Let them scream. Feel the pain. I hear them. Yes. I could not. <laughs> See, you're right. I could be Skeletor. He's not lying either. He doesn't. In fact, I'm going to misuse it throughout the entire episode just to really rub it in. All right. Gwildor uses a special key to unlock the door, saying he remembers the time when you didn't even need to lock your door. That's what I like. Political commentary in my fantasy films. Any minute now, TJ Hooker's going to come in and go, Oh, do you remember the days you could leave your door unlocked? He's going to address the camera and talk about the evils of drugs. Yeah. Like he actually did at the end of one of the episodes yeah. of TJ Hooker. Yeah. Bang on about drink while knocking back some vodkas before climbing into his car and driving home. <laughs> Good old Hooker. You can't say that very often, can you? Good old hooker. I'm sure you have. So they enter his place. Giant bolts secure the door. And Gwilda puts a little chain on it, which I kind of like the little chain. 
Yeah, that was kind of funny. A nice yeah. touch. Mm-hmm. He tells him that Skeletor is after him because of his invention and wants to kill him so he can't build another one. If he knew, I had this prototype. He tells him it's called the Cosmic Key. Ooh, Cosmic Key, like groovy. No, no, Cosmic Key. Two words. Mm-hmm. Although it is yeah. kind of Cosmic Key too. There's lots of lights. It is. It's very visual. Yeah. The tones of this key can open a doorway to anywhere. I mean, you have to compute the gravitonic tones for a specific destination and activate the energizer, but anywhere. He-Man realizes that's how Skeletor's troops got into the city and surprised them. Teela's annoyed by what Gwildor has done, but He-Man says that Gwildor couldn't know it would be used that way. Gwildor continues to explain that a woman came to see him, that she was interested in his work as a locksmith. How could I know she was from Snake Mountain, he says. Well, hey, did you ask? I mean, I mean, did they look like they were from... I bet they look like they're from Snake Mountain. I mean, wasn't it Evil Lynn? Clues in the name. She's not called Nice Lynn. <laughs> Maybe that's what she did. She walked in and went, he went, who are you? And he went, I'm Nice Lynn. Let's face it, though. I mean, you'd spill your beans for Evil Lynn, wouldn't you? Well, Gwilda says she was beautiful and without even a beat, Manor Arms says, oh, that'll be Evil Lynn. Is there something mm. that Manor Arms would like to uh, discuss with the others <laughs> at this point? <laughs> He's responsible for the bruised groin. There you go. That's yeah. why you don't get called Manor Arms for nothing, do you? No, no, you usually have pay. Gwilda says she tricked him and stole the key. Why didn't Evelyn just kill him when she was taking the key? I suppose if he's the only one that can make these things, you'd keep him alive, wouldn't you? But they're, they're trying to kill him now because they've got the key. Are they, so when she took the key, why not she just... Yeah. What are they trying to do? Well, they had him in a net, so I'm guessing they were capturing him, maybe locking him away somewhere. Oh, yeah, but then they're, they're, they're not the little guys and they're not killing him. They're taking him to Skeletor to do the killing. Oh, right, okay. So so they take him back to the palace and then they kill him. Yeah, because they don't want him to make any more. All right, okay. Uh, that's not very clever thinking, though, on Skeletor's part, oddly. All of this is, is, is kind of messed up. Mm-hmm. Heeman asks if the key can get them into Castle Grayskull and to the sorceress. Gwilda says, yes. But then it also can't, because if they disturb the gravitonic wave, Skeletor's key will locate them. Suddenly, an alarm sounds. Sounds like he's already located us, says Man at Arms. What a surprise. You're hiding in the home of the person that Skeletor is looking for. A home that apparently Evil Lynn has already visited and knows where yeah. it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Great plan, guys. Good thinking. <laughs> when, that, when I heard this siren go off, I thought, the fuzz here. The fuzz is here? Yeah, it sounds, it sounds like a very, uh, it's a very 1970s uh, police siren. British a, police siren. A bell? Yeah. <laughs> we see Skeletor's evil soldiers outside the door. We know they're evil because they trample all over Gwildor's little garden. Bastards. Oh, I know. He's got his carrots in there. His carrots? I, oh, I didn't think it was a vegetable garden. I thought it was just flowers. But a, a vegetable garden would make more sense. In this desert. Especially as apparently that everybody's a, a vegetarian on Eternia, as we find out later. Yeah, I'm not sure how that's possible. I've seen the scenery. All right. It, I mean, <laughs> it didn't look like there was, any, there was nothing growing, was there? <laughs> it's very true, yes. Yeah, not green, was it? 
No, no, brown. not at all. Very brown. Yeah. Very brown. Yeah. Gwildar reveals a secret passageway that they can escape through that apparently leads to the caverns under Castle Grayskull. Outside, the troop leader orders one man to ionize. At first, I thought this was the guy's name, ionize, like Vision of Steel. <laughs> I mean, they had some silly characters' names in He-Man, so I wouldn't be a surprise if that was his name. No, no, no. no. As you mentioned before, Stinkor. Yeah. Oh, I remember that guy. I remember the the guy's name. He's not called Ramrod. He was called Ram Man. Oh, that's right. Yeah. His his only power was that he could he could push his legs down and then leap at things, couldn't he? But wasn't it that once he'd done that, he was tired? Yeah. Yeah. That sounds familiar. He man yells at Gwildar to follow them as the troopers start to burn their way through the door. I don't like adventures, says Gwildar. Oh, that's good because. <laughs> You know, you're in this. <laughs> the secret passageway closes behind them just as the troopers blow their way into this house. Find the key! Turn this place apart, says the troop leader, which is clever of him because at this point he shouldn't know there's another key because his bosses don't know there's another key. This is true, yes. This is true. <laughs> <laughs> you, we're, we're, I don't think this script was designed to be examined too closely, Colin. <laughs> This isn't even like a vague thing. This is like if you read, if you were reading the script, you'd be like, "How does he know there's a key?" Because later <laughs> in this, there's a big scene about you know being discovered. Mm-hmm. It's not like a. I, I know the reason behind it. It's a canon movie. Yep. Yeah. True. True. Yeah. We cut to an outside view as still even more resistance leaders being led away. A lot of, a lot of resistant leaders being led away. Oh, we can see Castle Grace gone in the distance. So now we cut to He-Man, Man at Arms, Teela and Gwilda, all in Castle Grayskull. I guess they didn't need the key after all because there's these caverns that lead right into it. You know, the first time I saw this, and I actually took this in, I thought that they had used the key and they just didn't show it and they did it off screen. But that wouldn't make sense because they're in awe of it when they see it used for the first time in yeah. a minute. Yeah. yeah. Even, so even the guy they must who invented it is in awe of it for some reason. Well, perhaps he's never used it. Perhaps he's, he's, he's as shocked as anyone that it's actually working. He must test it. All right. He-Man says he knows that Skeletor is waiting for them. It's too quiet. They see the Sorceress locked in some kind of force field because she's just left her. She is, and she's um, she started to get old yet or not? I can't remember. Uh, a little bit. Her powers are fading and Skeletor's uh, absorbing her powers, I guess, because of the energy yeah. field. Yeah. But Gwilda can open the door in this energy field with the key, but he needs to compute it. Suddenly, troopers led by Evelyn appear. Gwilda hides while he works on the correct combination for the force field. Skeletor walks out. Everything comes to he who waits. And I've waited a very long time for this moment. Skeletor won't free the sorceress. While she's imprisoned in the field, her powers increase his own. And then when the moon reaches its zenith, the great eye will open and all the powers of Grayskull will be bestowed upon him, and the sorceress will die. You're enjoying this way too much, Colin, I can tell. (laughs) (laughs) Throw down your weapons and pledge your allegiance to me, or join her, he says. He says, yeah. Remember that. Don't get lost in your... 
Lost in your role, Colin. All right. Okay. Okay. It's not her you want. It's me, says He-Man. No, no, He-Man. It, it's definitely her. Did you not just hear the bit about him absorbing <laughs> all her powers and becoming all like a god? I mean, not sure. His mullet was in his... His mullet was in his ears. He didn't quite hear it. So. I, I think it's just like, oh, it's, it's got to be about me. It's called He-Man Masters of the Universe. There, there is an interesting line here, though. He, he says, it's always been about us. It's always been between us. Which kind of hints at a backstory between He-Man and Skeletor. Well, there is. There's like a whole cartoon series. Aren't you aware yeah, of but this? We don't, yeah, but, yeah, but we don't know that in this film, do we? Maybe, oh. the, maybe there's a backstory right. beyond the backstory. But we don't. Right, we never right. get. We never get a payoff for it. So. Oh, oh could you imagine if they did that? Like, like, as teenagers, Skeletor and He-Man, the friends, and then they fall out, and that's how it all begins. Yeah. Gonna, the, oh, that's possible that they do that. Oh, I can imagine. I can see that coming. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Evelyn spies the locksmith and shouts to Skeletor, "He has another key." So this is the point they realize he has another key. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kill him! Screams Skeletor, and a battle breaks out. He-Man tells Gwildor to keep working. Man at Arms tells Gwildor to use a device to get them out of there. And Gwildor says, but where? It doesn't matter, says Man at Arms. Anywhere, just do it. He activates the key. It's working, it's working. I did it, he shouts. And again, seems very excited for a guy who created the device. Yeah, as I said, it's, it's almost like he's never tested it. Yeah. But He-Man, maybe he didn't make it. Maybe he just found it. Yeah, I mean, or, or even that, he's, he's, he's as surprised as anyone that it actually does something. I mean, he said it did something, yeah. but, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe he found it in a flower bed of a cemetery. Maybe that's <laughs> how this device moves. But He-Man doesn't want to leave the sorceress, but she urges him to go. He still has a moonrise left. They leap through the portal opened by Gwildor, but the troops shoot the key. Um, they're very good at shooting objects out of people's hands, but not good at shooting people. Yes, but then again, isn't that that's a thing? I mean, you get that in Star Wars, don't you, with stormtroopers? That's true. Maybe they're trained that way. Maybe there's a school that they go to. Goon school. They just goon school. Yeah, it just teaches you how to shoot objects out of people's hands while avoiding the person. Hmm. Yeah. It's actually a pretty good technique. He-Man grabs Gwildor and carries him through the portal. Just as the troops approach, a grappling hook grabs the key and drags it into this mystical opening. And finally it closes. Skeletor, ooh, he's, he's rather fuming now. Trace them, he orders. Well, I don't think they've got a track and trace app. <laughs> Neither have we. <laughs> no. Not that no, we'll have to get, get one invented. Yeah. I want that key hunted down and brought to me. Evelyn says there's no way of knowing where they went. So 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 they do have a trace and track app, just like you do. It's um it's a nice uh, little effect though, the, 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 the portal tunnel thing, isn't it? But considering it's pre CGI time. Looks alright. I have to say, all in all, up to this point, I'm all in on this film. Yeah, well yeah, it's funny that, isn't it? I, it's all gonna change in a moment. <laughs> It's fast moving. It, it, all right, it's taking liberties with mm-hmm. He-Man, but mm-hmm. it's a film. It's it's itself, so I have to treat it as such. And I, I'm enjoying this. Skeletor's excellent. I I could just have a film of Skeletor, just a day in the life of Skeletor. He's reading a book, mm-hmm. doing stuff, 
prune his roses, whatever okay. he does. I- I'm all in for this so far. Mm. It's good. Skeletor, who suddenly an expert on this cosmic key technology, says, monitor the frequencies. They're bound to use it again. Then lock on to it. It's like, why, why did this guy invent this when all these people seem to know how to use it? Maybe he's got the manual. Maybe that's why Gwildor didn't... He's lost his own manual. Was, it, was he the Spanish assistant? Skeletor says, find them! We cut to the portal opening in a woods. He-Man and the others fly out of it. Gwildor landing in a river. He-Man drags him out. And then there's a comedy moment where Gwildor cleans his gill slits by blowing dirty water over everybody out of the side of his neck. Not sure why he has gill slits, because he has a mouth and talks out of it and breathes. So does Aquaman. Does he? Well, I mean, he talks out of it. He's got a mouth, he talks out of it. But he must have gills. If he... But he has gill he slits. So does he breathe through the gill slits and on his mouth? I guess so. You guess so, you don't know? You're, you're an expert on these comic book superheroes. You I'm not them. an expert on Aquaman, I have Ex- to say. Explain the biology of Aquaman <laughs> to me. <laughs> I want to know He's now. part man, part fish, all right? <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, Got that it. does it. Gwildor doesn't know where they are. Could be any planet in a thousand galaxies. Well, lucky they landed on one with oxygen then, or it could have been a very short <laughs> film. Did you notice, why is Teela sniffing the mud? Um, because she sniffs everything. Everything? Yeah, that's what she does. That's her thing. All right. She, she's chief sniffer, is she? Well, it's not a rank, Paul. It's not like it's, you know, that's a hobby. It's not a profession. Oh, it's not like sniff at arms or something like that? No. Right, okay. No. All right. I just thought it was right. strange that she picks up some of the mud and just starts sniffing it. Maybe she thought she could eat it. <laughs> Vegetarian. Don't they have mud on Eternia? Actually, no, they don't, because it's a desert planet. That also has um, lots of things growing on it. Yeah. Mm, okay. Confusing, it, right? It is very confusing, yeah. Yeah. Teela's annoyed, but He-Man tells her to calm down because they're all in this together. Gwilda tells them to get home. All they have to do is punch the energizer switch and it will bring up the home quarantine. But then he sees the key is missing. Just the grappling hook remains. They hear something. A big alien life form. An object moves through the bushes. It's a cow. And it moves. Yes, it's a cow. I was waiting for Gwildor to start humping it. Why? He looks like a cow humper, doesn't he? You've seen him. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, I've never seen any. Have you watched cow? Is this your pastime, just watching cow humpers? Well, he he looks like he, he, you know, he he, he would. I mean, he starts talking to it, doesn't he? He's he's trying to chat it up. Yeah. Like you've never talked to a cow in your life. I might have said hello to a cow. Once or twice. Just passing. Yeah, pass. Hello. Good morning to you. <laughs> How do you do, Paul? Fine, thank you. Well, I mean, we've... What a wonderful world you live in, Paul. I'm sure we've all spoken to a cow, haven't we? Uh, yes. Yeah. There you go. Adams reminds them that they're on a deadline. 0.84 chromons to moonrise. Hey. Yeah, it's like 0.84 chromons. Oh, okay. These chromons are kind of weird. 0.84, is that one chromon? Or is that, you know, almost one Mm. chromon? Mm. Or is that many chromons? What do they equal? I don't know this time. But all right. It's close. It's a deadline. We've got a a deadline. That's all we need to know. Do you think they understand it? 
What in real life, or as in the world? That as they in live the world, in? <laughs> I mean, he's, maybe he's got Alzheimer's. He just comes out with these words. And also, wouldn't time be different because they're on a different planet? Yes, because I, I mean, unless it, the Eternian clock is the same as a as a as an Earth clock. But time moves differently the further away you are from something. Yeah. So. Yeah, and and so unless it was oddly identical yes it would be i mean they could have like 35 hours in a day couldn't they can you imagine that if they they were like oh we've just got back in time and it turned out it was five years too late (laughs) skeletor's like party for five years solid (laughs) who are you (laughs) he man he man Mm. (laughs) i remember you still alive then that's nice He-Man's plan is that they find the key, use it to land in Castle Greyskull. Man at arms, mocks him. Oh, sure, we'll fight two or three thousand crack troops, break into the fast field and rescue the sorceress. He-Man, apparently not noticing that Man at arms is taking the piss, says, right. (laughs) He just thinks his level of optimism is shooting through the roof. Yeah, must be. They synchronise their personal locators. Why would they need to be (laughs) synchronised? I don't know. I don't know. This is this is making less and less sense by the minute, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So then they separate to search for the key. Good journey, they say to each other. Yes. With a nice little hand gesture as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. I should say at this point, this is kind of where the film stops for me. Is it really? Once we get to Earth. Well, we 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 do cut to the least interesting characters in the movie, which happen to be the humans from Earth. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think that's part of the reason why. Because we cut to a fast food place called Robbie's and we see Julie serving a customer. This is her very last time doing it. A colleague says, don't worry, they've got fast food in Jersey. And that she has some advice. If you break up with Kevin Corrigan... I think she actually uses his last name too. So like, you know, like yeah, Kevin Corrigan. Mm-hmm. You'll regret it for the rest of your life. But she's not listening. Everything's going to change now. There's different people, she says. But her friend says, that's fine, except you still love him and he still loves you. But Julia claims that Kevin doesn't need her or her problems right now. She says she has to move away. Her friend says it's not something her folks would have wanted. But Julie is determined to move out of her house, town, and start afresh somewhere else. And meanwhile, you're like, what's, what's going on? What's happening? Who are these people? Why am I watching this? You, you, you couldn't care less, could you? About uh, any when of did this. this turn into a drama? No, I know. I know. But I, I, I suppose it's twofold, isn't it, what they're, what they're doing with this. is On the one hand, they're keeping the costs down because then they don't have to shoot any more Eternia stuff. Yeah. And on the other hand, it's that it's that kind of that Doctor Who thing, isn't it? That you're 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 supposed to see it through their eyes as the movie progresses, which is fine. But then you should have done that from the beginning. You can't just suddenly yes. start it one way and then expect you to just switch to this. No. Yeah. Let's let's take a film that we've talked about before, uh, The Last Starfighter. Yes, that that follows his. It's through his eyes through the whole movie. Yes, exactly. Han sounds outside, it's Kevin, and uh, Julie leaves the fast food place, gets into the van with him, 
Kevin asks, what time a bus... Nice bit of living in a box going on in this uh, this bit. He's got the radio on. Kevin asks, what time a bus is to the airport. In the background, we can hear living in a box playing. <laughs> I wasn't sure you were going to mention it. Right. He wants her to make his sound check before she leaves, and she agrees. So Kevin's a musician. Uh, yeah, he's apparently... Um... We find out later, don't we, that he's, he's actually a, a, a master uh, songsmith or whatever it's called. What do they call him? Master master tune maker or something? <laughs> oh, no, I just, I'm, I'm just leaving you to it. Master tune maker. Yeah, we'll go yeah, with yeah. that. He's a master something. Yeah. It's a, it's a bit Back to the Future-ish. Did, did we suddenly have a whole slew of films where... Teenagers were musicians. Well, if you're going to go back to the future, you might as well get one of the cast members and stick him in this as well, don't you? That's Which true. Yeah. yeah. Julie agrees. She hands over some fast food, and Kevin points out that it's not very romantic for a last date. He then urges her to take a later flight, but she doesn't want to. Don't start that again. We decided. And she asks Kevin to take her to the cemetery to say goodbye to her parents. All right, now it's a date. That sounds like an experienced talking, Colin. <laughs> they drive away. We see Teela peering around some bushes at Robbie's. She hears a sound and holsters her weapon. She sneaks up on her target. But it's Man at Arms. He's hungry. He is. We see Gwildor using the grappling hook to grab some chicken from the back of a car. Man at Arms and Teela reach him and they start to share the food. Man at Arms chows down. I beg your pardon. Gwildor... <clears throat> Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Man at Arms hungrily eats the food. Very nice. Well done. When Gwildor and Teela discover that they're eating dead animals, they are horrified. And as we've discussed, it, it's weird that they, they're all vegetarian because nothing seems to grow on. Maybe they use magic. Eternia, they eat magic? No, they, they use magic to grow. Oh, sorry, they eat magic. <laughs> right, let's see. What about some of these magic mushrooms? Yeah, eat those. They're great. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, we'll get this key and then there's all lights and stuff above this key is it really no it's the magic mushrooms you've snapped it would off. explain a lot if that was the case in this movie yeah he like, man's like oh look at me i'm super strong but he's not really he's just been eating magic <laughs> mushrooms he thinks he's strong <laughs> teela says they should go back to searching their assigned sectors so teela is kind of like she's a hard ass right she's like a soldier um well she's man of daughter isn't she she doesn't treat him like her dad though except she does mention mm. his dad but she doesn't treat him like that she's been brought up tough so we cut she's to the cemetery she's what? been brought up tough brought up yeah. tough yeah she's brought tough. up tough right yeah yeah like you paul well i wouldn't, I wouldn't exactly go that far you know but thank you i i mean I, i'm obviously you know that, what, what is it we were called by a listener once alpha males yeah, I, I mean, you can't tell sarcasm in a text. <laughs> no, I, I'm not. I'm choosing not to see the sarcasm, Colin. Yeah. <laughs> okay, living the lie. All right. <laughs> Go ahead. So we cut to the cemetery. Julie reveals it's her fault they died. But Kevin says it was a plane crash. Nothing to do with this, her. This, this, she reveals that they were supposed to go... This is all very clunky, isn't it? Oh, it's mm. horrible. Yeah. It's... it's it's just it's a terrible piece of writing and you don't care about any of this no you just want to get back to looking at he-man's pecs don't you 
Yeah, and they're, they're, of course. And they're desperately trying to make you care about it. And the more desperate they're getting, the less I'm mm, interested. Yeah. yeah, you can smell desperation coming off it everywhere. Mm. Yeah. She, she reveals that they were supposed to go to the beach that day, but she couldn't go because she wanted to spend the day with Kevin. And I think there were some puppies involved <laughs> and babies and things <laughs> like that, that, you know, just to hammer the yeah. point home. So her parents took the plane to Catalina. She cries and says that she wishes she could change things. That might come back later. Kevin says, oh, yeah. Kevin says, oh, that can only happen in fairy tales. Also, struggling films. (laughs) I don't know what you mean. They see a hole and find the key in it. They do. You you can't really put it any more than that. That is what they do. Yeah, they just stumble Mm -hmm. across it. Kevin thinks it's a new Japanese synthesizer. Yeah, I'm beginning to doubt Kevin's musical experience at this point. Right. Yeah, it doesn't look anything like any synthesizer that's ever been made anywhere. So Kevin starts jamming on the keys, and he loves the sound it makes, which seems greater than the actual object could produce also there's no speakers magic, on it no, it's magic. So. oh yeah yeah kevin doesn't want to hand it in he's going to keep it he's uh of the uh one who smelt it dealt it kind of rule obviously of thievery finders keepers mm-hmm. losers weepers yeah back at eternia evil lynn reveals they've detected the cosmic key and Skeletor orders that the next time it's used, they will lock onto it and send an advanced guard. He tells Evelyn to assemble the mercenaries. For some reason, we cut to He-Man just wandering through trees with his blaster drawn. <laughs> well, he's not been on screen for a bit, so you've got to remind remind everyone that he's in this movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah remind us, this is a He-Man yes. film. Yes. Just, just telling yeah. you, letting you know that He-Man is mm-hmm. in this film. Don't worry, kids. Mm-hmm. Going to turn up again. By the way, that guy's He-Man. I know, but he is. I wonder how many kids were disappointed by this movie. I, I wish I could remember how I felt when I first saw it. I'm not a huge He-Man fan. I didn't like follow the cartoons avidly and know all the characters or collect them. I wasn't allowed to mm. mm-hmm. for some reason. Because you know, actually, yeah, I always wanted He-Man figures, but I wasn't allowed He-Man figures. I I did have a lot of He-Man figures, and I do remember how I felt about this film. Um, I, I I can imagine lots of kids were disappointed, but oddly I wasn't at the oh, time. Oh, that's interesting. Well, well, let's talk about it in the roundup. That's interesting. Okay. All right. So then we quickly switched to Kevin in the auditorium of his high school, trying out the cosmic key with a microphone. And Julie is with him. He presses the keys and lights form above it. On Eternia, they lock onto the signal. Skeletor demands to be shown the location. And with a bit of Google Earth before it's time. Yeah. Clever, right? Who knew that yeah. this film would foresee Google Earth? Yeah, who, who'd have thought that Canon were um, foreseeing the future? Mm. They didn't foresee their own future, though, did they? <laughs> <laughs> no, just, just just the future of uh, Google Earth. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah that's a shame. Yeah. Mm. Once located, he turns his attention to the mercenaries, his finest warriors, Blade, Sorod, Beastman, Kirk, worst 
boy band ever. <laughs> How come they all get actual names apart from Beastman? I mean, well, because why isn't why, why isn't Blade Beastman's Beastman's the only actual He-Man character though? He is. That is right. Yeah, and he still doesn't look anything like the the, the toy. No, no. But 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 why is he called Beastman when everyone else gets a name? Why isn't Blade just called Mister Stabby Stabby? Well, what you don't know is Beastman's called Billy Billy Beastman. You know what? I there, there's a there's a children's book called Billy Beast. Is there? There is, yeah. Oh. Shows you how that. easy that name is to come up with. How much thought that did that offer putting to that one? <laughs> oh, I'm writing a book about a beast. I can't think of a name. Dave Beast, no. Richard Beast, Dick Beast, no, that's not right. Can't have that. Billy Beast, yeah. Ten seconds work. It's my kind of writing. It is, yeah. Yeah. Skeletor tells them he wants them to go through to this world, find the key, bring He-Man back and kill the others. Back at the auditorium, Kevin says he should show the device to Charlie. We, we don't know who Charlie is. He'll know what it is. Julie wants to stay in the auditorium and, I don't know, soak in the dried sweat of the auditorium of the high school. I have no idea. I think she wants the memories of her life when her parents mm. were alive. Why is there no one else here? It's after school hours. It's nighttime. He's setting up for the concert that he's going to do in some future. On his own? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's not successful as a musician, let's be honest. <laughs> but he does refer later. He refers when they, when I think Charlie says to him, oh, you were really, I saw you, I saw you guys last night. And he says, yeah, we'll be better tonight. So he's inferring yeah. that it's not just him on his own. So no, there he, are he, other band members, but they don't give a shit. They don't do oh, so anything. He, Kev, he has to Kevin's do it all like, himself. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like me, you know. He's doing everything, and then there are other members of the group who do nothing. Oh, they just like go. hang on, cling. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was that was an amazing moment where you managed to swing <laughs> things around into uh... <laughs> the occasional tweet. Thinks he's done a day's work. Kevin says he'll be back in 15 minutes. Seems forever a short amount of time. I can't do anything in 15 minutes. I think maybe the place is just around the corner. I mean, he sees, the, be, he right? sees the fire trucks in a minute, doesn't he? When? Yeah, let's let's we'll think about that. Let's go back to that later. Okay. All right. Alone, Julie looks at a brooch that has photos of her parents because we haven't hammered this point home enough. We're yeah. gonna do another scene with it. Mm -hmm. She hears a whooshing sound on the other side of the door. The mercenaries arrive. Julie thinks it's a trick being played and she's not impressed. Carl, the caretaker, walks into the corridor and sees Skeletor's troops. They grab him and throw him through the doors of the auditorium. Julie sees this and then the troops are coming through. She screams. Leave him alone, she says. Just, just like that as well. Just exactly like that. Oh, you want me to do it like... That's how she does do it. Now <laughs> my neighbours are wondering what's going on. Thanks very much. <laughs> if you want the real performance. You're getting a knock later, aren't you? Oh, I hope so. Yeah. So they open fire on her, but they need her alive, as she may know where the key is. They chase her around the room, and then the lasers cause a fire to break out. She just... 
She escapes onto the stage. Now, these are Skeletor's best warriors. <laughs> yeah, they're um, they're they're they're, um, they're kind of comical, aren't they? Yeah, they they can't trap a teenage girl. No. They are, in fact, it's probably similar to the cartoon series, and really, when you think about it, they weren't exactly great, were they? I, I think a lot of this comes from the fact, again, that probably Mattel didn't want the level of violence to be particularly high, did they? So they, they kind of... <laughs> they didn't want Beastmaster. No. Levels of... <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, de- wait, no, Deathstalker. That's the one, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. All possible films for uh, retrospection in the future as well. That's true, yeah. Deathstalker yeah. too. Yeah, oh, yeah. Which, which should have been subtitled, They Made More Than One. So they chase her around the room. Lasers cause a fire to break out, but she escapes under the stage. She's mine, yells Blade. He then just misses skewing her with his swords, even though he's been told, don't mm-hmm. kill her. Yeah, yeah. There's another instance of that in a minute, isn't there, that he, he does something that he technically would have killed her if they'd have hit. Yeah, he clearly missed the uh, bring her alive memo that Skeletor <laughs> <Yeah>. sent out <laughs> earlier. Julie then throws cleaning fluid into Beastmaster's eyes and runs out through the door. The flames rise uncontrollably. E-Man's tracking device is beeping and he hears Julie screaming. He breaks out into a run. So so He-Man's here again. Good. Yeah, yeah. Julie breaks into a scrapyard. Skeletor's cronies follow her. But she runs into He-Man who grabs her. Don't be afraid. I won't hurt you. She hysterically says she's running from some monsters and then He-Man hides her and gives her the blaster. She takes all this rather well, doesn't she? This half-naked man just grabbing her and stuffing her yeah. gun in her hand. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. They're getting closer. He-Man distracts one of the troopers and kills him. Or, or doesn't kill him. Sorry, technically. He, no. he just, I don't know. Deactivates them. Oh, all right, okay. Mm-hmm. He blasts another one. Julie shoots one. Does she kill one? Can she kill Wait, oh, as, long, as long as He-Man or any of his pals don't kill, it's fine. Okay. Beastman grabs He-Man and they fight. But He-Man throws him off and is then confronted by Blades. Yeah. They begin to battle. And doesn't Blade say, I've waited a long time for this? More backstory that we never get? Yeah. I, mean, I think it's just a throwaway line, though. I've waited a long time for this. And He-Man's like, I've I've never met you before, have I? I didn't envy you. (laughs) Wait, wait, was it? Oh, Eternia, Christmas party, 2162. Was was that you? I punched you, pushed your face in the fruit bowl. We'd ended the conga for an hour and a half. It went on like an Eternia. (laughs) Right, Blade. Who's stabbing who? It's either that or or it's like an Eternian Grange Hill and they all went to school together. Oh, but oh, oh, instead of a sausage on a fork, what would it be? Would it be <laughs> a like massive a, sword? A massive sword. <laughs> do, 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 do. <laughs> just, just flies. Just say no. <laughs> just say no to the power. Yeah. <laughs> he can't, though. He loves it. He can't. He does, yeah. Can't get enough. Power mad. He-Man runs back and grabs Julie. 
it's hard to know what I am because it's just a lot of they fight, he punches. It, it moves backwards and forwards between between bits fast as well, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. Almost like, the, back almost, and... like, almost like the film didn't have much of a script and it was all put together in the editing room later. Possibly, yes. Mm. He-Man runs back and grabs Julie. Just then, Teela and Man-at-Arms burst in and the bad guys retreat. He-Man tells Man-at-Arms and Teela to follow them as they must have a doorway to Eternia. He tells the others that Julie will help them right. find the cosmic key. Probably. Meanwhile, Kevin is at Charlie's music store. He shows him the device. Charlie pretends he's seen one before, but then he's amazed when Kevin turns it on. I guess when you've seen one, you've seen them all, says Kevin, walking away. But Charlie stops him. Then he's distracted by all the cop cars and fire engines with lights and sirens blurring that are going past his store. Let's see what's up, he says. Charlie turns on a police scanner and they hear that there is a fire and vandalism at the high school. Kevin says, oh no, Julie is there. He runs off. Charlie also couldn't look any more 80s if he tried, could he? Because of what he's wearing? Yeah, he's wearing this bright yellow jacket thing and, and he's he's got mm. a hat on as well, hasn't he, I think? Yeah. 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 He kind of looks a bit like uh, Elton John in the 80s. Ah, okay. So he's fashionable then. Well, then he was, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, that's how fashion works, Paul. Although it comes around, it's cyclical. It does, it does. I'm waiting for mullets to come back. Yeah. Well, obviously not on me, but, you know. <laughs> I was going to say, why? Well, that's a wasted effort on your part, isn't it? <laughs> Are you thinking of getting a wig? <laughs> Every morning on? I wake up and I'm disappointed, Colin. <laughs> Shall you wait for shaved heads to come back? And trust me, in certain areas, they have. I know. Tell me about it. We cut to He-Man telling his story to Julie about the cosmic key. She reveals that she's seen it. And that Kevin has it. He-Man says Kevin is in grave danger. Back at the high school, the fire services seem to have done an amazing job of putting out the fire. And also, they've got all of Kevin's charged equipment out in less than 10 minutes. <laughs> the, the professionals, obviously. Because they are, clearly. Kevin sees Carl being brought out and wants to know what's happened to Julie, but Carl doesn't answer. Kevin tries to enter the place, but Detective Lubbock stops him. Kevin says he left Julie in there about 10 minutes ago. Really? Mm. Really, Kevin? 10 minutes? Mm -hmm. 10 minutes, the fire broke out. Yeah. The fire engines arrived. They pulled all the equipment out. 10 minutes. That's, all right. That's fast work. Yep. <sighs> oh, Kevin is lying. What, what are you getting at? Nothing. <laughs> Lubbock tells him there's nobody in the building, but he has Ju Julie's charred bag. Kevin starts describing Julie to him. Lubbock makes him get into his car and they'll go and check out Julie's place, see if she's got home. Now back at the scrapyard, Man at Arms reveals they've lost Skeletor's men. He-Man tells them that Julie will help them get the key. He-Man says that these mercenaries were just a scouting party and that a full force will arrive soon. Suddenly, a pink Cadillac crashes through a wall <laughs> it turns out Gwilda can drive and he's stolen the car apparently he's also fixed the car to run on neutrinos yeah he, he's, he's how how did he do that where's he got the stuff from how did he do it? that Paul yeah 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 
Although, let's be fair, it's better than it runs on Lou Trino than having it run on Lou Faringos, because don't make him angry. Oh. <laughs> Was that off the just cuff, or fun. did you write just that down? It's always off the cuff. Oh, right, okay. All right. When I, when I write it down. It's off the cuff. Well, that's true for It's anything, off the cuff. It? The, yeah, 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 yeah. At the yeah. time that I write yeah. down, it's off the cuff. That's how writing works, yeah, isn't it? How, exactly, <laughs> yes. I'm glad you're realising this now. We should say as well that um, going back to, to um, Lubick, the copper guy, mm-hmm. he's um, played mm-hmm. by the same guy that plays the principal in um, Back to the Future. Yes, playing, yes, and that was your connection you yeah, made earlier. Playing the ex- almost the exact same kind of character as he did in Back to the Future. I would say though that he's far more annoying in this. Oh film. yeah, 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 yeah. And he and he's um, he I think he seems to think that he's the star of the movie as well. The way that he's playing it. Yeah, mm. I have issues with his character. Okay. I don't like it. I gathered that. Yeah. Do you? No. Annoying, right? Yes. It, does, it doesn't even make. It's not even logical to his own character. Why? Why, why is he so um, aggressive with Kevin for no reason at all? He hasn't done anything. No. He, he grabs him and, no, and says, "Oh, a... we're going to go and do this." Kevin's well within his rights to go. Uh, I don't think I will. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then he's like, "I'm going to take this device." Yeah. It's like I don't think you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they get in the car and. As we discussed, somehow with no tools or equipment, Gwilder has changed the car's control system and given it a rocket pack of some type. Mm -hmm. And changed the dashboard, put lights in. All, don't forget, in 10 minutes. He's a fast worker. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, he'd give you a run for your money. (laughs) I don't know what you mean by that. No mistake. Mm. Back on Eternia... Do you remember Eternia? Ah. Uh, oh, the good old days. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, hours ago, it seems, as well. Yeah, yeah. There, there was a bloke. What was his name? Very, very, very thin. Boney M. Slim guy. Boney M. Skeletor. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Bon- Boney M. <laughs> That's the funniest thing you've said all year. Mm. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you waited till, like, you know, just before the end of it. Oh, or not, because, you know. We're not. This isn't. This is going out in in January. Oh yeah. Oh my God. So that means if this comes out in January, you don't need to bother for the whole year. You've done it. <laughs> why do you get? Why do you think I got it in now? Yeah, genius. Yeah, exactly. Just, I. Oh, yeah. Skeletor is peeved that there's still resistance. Evil in says the people wait for He-Man to return. That for Skeletor to lead He-Man must die but Skeletor says that killing him will just make him a martyr a saint that He-Man must be truly broken now isn't Skeletor he's he's kind of stroking Evelyn's face as he's doing all this isn't he there's a there's a Skeletor Evelyn thing going on yes you think, you, do you think he's boning her she wants to jump his bones two of us can do it pal we can all do this all day <laughs> <clears throat> yes. The, the listeners don't want it, but we do. <laughs> we, let's not launch into the, into the pun thing again. So we won't do that. No, 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 no. 
You're looking at me like I'm like I'm gonna follow something up there. I wasn't gonna do it. No, no, I was because I was gonna say that people will get cross, skull and cross, bones. <laughs> but that was such a reach that I even I didn't want to do it. The mercenaries return. Skeletor wants to know where the key is. It's revealed that they couldn't get it and had to return for a larger force. Blade wants one more chance, but Skeletor, he's not in a forgiving mood. He kills one of the mercenaries. Why is it always the lizard men that get vaporized? We saw this in Flash Gordon as well. It's always the lizard men. You think it's racist against lizard men? I think so. I think Hollywood is racist against lizard men. Maybe. Ah! Well, isn't there like this conspiracy theory that there are lizards controlling the earth? There you go. Reptilians. Yeah. Maybe it's Hollywood who are reptilians playing like a double bluff. Ah, trying to throw you off the scent. Yeah. yeah. Evelyn says it would be a pity to waste her talent. Skeletor tells her to save her pity for herself if she fails. So his love only goes so far. He orders her to take them on whatever troops and resources she needs. She doesn't want to go. I kind of like the fact that she doesn't want to go. Yeah, I, I, you get the impression that Evelyn's just like, oh, do I have to? With everything, yeah. really. She'd rather not get her hands dirty yeah. if she didn't have to. Uh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But Skeletor orders her. He tells her to send a signal when she has the device, and he will follow. Meanwhile, Kevin and Lubick arrive at Julie's place. They enter, but find nobody there. Julie calls from a phone booth. Kevin answers the phone, but doesn't reveal to Lubick that it's Julie calling. He pretends it's not her on the phone. She realizes that somebody is there and asks Kevin if he still has the thing they found. She tells him to stay there, and she'll be right over, and she hangs up. Lubick demands to know who Kevin was talking to. He just says, oh, it's a, it's a friend. Lubick picks up the device, realizing that Kevin was talking about it on the phone. Kevin tells him it's a synthesizer, and Lubick starts hammering on the keys. And then he says, this is no synthesizer. When did he become so knowledgeable on music? Well, that's maybe, but he's, he's obviously more uh, up on this stuff than Kevin is. Yep, it's a good mm-hmm. point. Back at the scrapyard, Evelyn uses a scan to see what happened during the fight. She's not impressed by what she witnesses. We should say, it's a scanner that seems to be able to rewind the movie back for her. Yes, mm. yeah. It, it, amazingly, it sees where the camera... <laughs> it, it does, yes. Maybe this is uh, another example of breaking the fourth wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She should have scanned the scrapyard and then just looked at the camera and winked. <laughs> That would have been funny, yes. But they pick up the cosmic key signal. Back at Julie's house, Lubick has activated the light show of the cosmic key. Kevin says he'll show Lubick how it works after he's heated up his food. Now, turning on the microwave that he's thrown the chicken into actually jams the key signal that Skeletor's people are using to track them. Evelyn orders the jamming device to be destroyed. Mm-hmm. So you can destroy... The jamming device, but not the key. But they don't want to destroy the key anyway, do they? Well, they've already got one. Why didn't you two? Well, you've got to have a backup just in case. The point. No, the point is they don't want anyone else to no, have one. Okay. So they, I, I see what you mean. They can send send the feedback to destroy the the microwave, but not the key. Right, but they can't. Yes. It, it's disgusting, really, because you never you never blow up a man's chicken, do you? No, mm. that's true. Yeah, you've crossed the line there, Paul. They have. That's why she's evil, yeah. Lynn. Uh, she should have been called Evil Chicken Lynn. Evil Chicken. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you're saying? 
Hey, that I'm surprised they didn't use that as a name in He-Man. They used everything else. <laughs> it's, it's, it's probably a rejected yeah, one, right? Probably, yeah. <laughs> right. The microwave explodes. Lupik and Kevin put out the small fire. Uh, but this allows Evelyn to have a clear signal of the key. They bought the small craft that they managed to bring through the portal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't think about it. Okay. To head to Julie's house. Back at the house, Kevin reveals that he found the device. Now, Lubick's losing it, but Kevin insists he found it in a flower bed at the cemetery. He tells Lubick to ask Charlie if he doesn't believe me. Go on, ask Charlie. <laughs> it's like, ask me dad. <laughs> Lubick decides to take the device. He tells Kevin that if his story checks out, he'll get it back. Then he leaves. Frustratedly, Kevin slams on the door. <laughs> So we cut to a shot of Evelyn and Co flying through the city uh, on a some sort of a craft, and the model work isn't great, is it? it? In fact, it's of all the effects in this film, the model work is probably the weakest link, I think, in terms of effects. Is it the model work, or is it the way that they use the chroma key to place it into yeah, the yeah, background? Yeah, it doesn't look great, does it? Should also say this is the quietest and emptiest town I've ever oh, there's, seen. Oh, there's no one. There's no one. No, no cops, yeah. no people. And, and in a minute, when they land this ship in the middle of the street, nobody comes out to have a look. No, nope. no. they're all on holiday. We've all they gone are. somewhere it's like else. That. It's like they used to have um, yeah. weeks where people would all go on holiday in towns at the same time. This is luckily they've picked the exact same time. Was that a thing? No, or no, you no, just that made apparently that was up? a thing up north at one point in the past. Oh, okay, where everybody yeah, just left. Yeah. All the workers went on holiday at the same time. Oh, like a factory yeah. had like yeah. a holiday. Yeah, obviously this okay. is what's happening in this town. Right, right. They never actually say where it is as well, do they, this movie? They never actually say what whereabouts it is. No, I mean, it's a nondescript, small, midwestern, yeah. I would say, town. Yeah, probably. Probably. So meanwhile, Kevin just seems to be dumping all his fast food packaging into the sink. Doesn't he understand the concept of a rubbish bin? Nope. The 80s. We didn't care. But he, he just throws the, 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 the everything, the cardboard, the, the, the drinks container, it all just goes in the sink. And then he takes the time to take the tea towel and wipe the sink down around it. Funny enough, I think if you lived on your own... <laughs> this would be you yeah. yeah it might well be Yeah, you, know, you might be right suddenly the bad guys burst in Kevin tries to fight them off with a tea towel but Beastman slams him against the wall and throws him around the room a little bit it'd be funny if he like he, he like snaps the tea towel on Beastmaster's bottom whole, whole flashback sequence of Beastmaster being at school in the changing rooms <laughs> Like, why are you so hurry? <laughs> in reality, he's just like, sitting in the corner rocking. Oh, like disco? No, you I mean like back and forth? Backwards and forwards, yeah. Okay. Evelyn puts a truth collar or something onto him. It's kinky. Uh, yeah, it is, but yeah. And quite, but I mean, look at her. She's. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I did. <clears throat> I'm sure. And, and she questions him while the men ransack the place. Finding um, 
a newspaper clipping about the death of Julie's parents, which she apparently just leaves out on her dresser. Well, she's obsessed by this moment in her life because she has, okay. you know, we've, we've already seen it in two scenes. Yes, yeah, so we, we get it again, just to remind us. Yeah. 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 Evelyn finds out that uh, the cop, Lubick, took the key from Kevin and they set off, uh, just leaving Kevin behind, still attached to this collar. Yeah, it's kind of wasteful. They just leave it behind. Yeah. Don't need it. A nice piece well, of Later on, she's it. like, I need to get the truth out of this guy. Oh, where did I put the collar? <laughs> get another one. <laughs> they climb into the craft, which is just parked out on the front lawn. As, as we said before, the neighbours aren't even peering out behind the net curtains. They just don't exist. No. No, nobody around. He-Man and company arrive at the house. He-Man and Company. That'd be a great... <laughs> K-Man and Company. Is that... <laughs> Is that a sequel? 30-minute sitcom. He-Man and Company. Hi, honey. <laughs> I'm home. I have the power. Oh, not again, dear. He's Honey Skeletor as well. I mean, it would be in this day and age. Oh, he's just in the kitchen with an apron, like, yeah. cooking, like, making the dinner. <laughs> All day long, I've slaved at this stove. Working my fingers to the bone. And you come home and you've just traped mud all over the living room floor. So they, they, He-Man and company arrive at the house, finding Kevin still attached to the collar, which man of terms disarms. That was a nice rhyme. Kevin freaks at the sight of the gang, trying to fight them off with a chur until Teela just blasts it away from him. Um, he's even nope. he's even more freaked out as soon as Gwildar walks in, uh, because Gwildar's now dressed in apparently native clothes. Yeah, he's doing an ET. He's doing an ET. There's so many things that this film just cherry picks from other things. Wish it, it wishes it was. Wishes it was. Yeah. Finally, Julie persuades Kevin to tell them where the cop took the key. Uh, Lubick is at Charlie's music store questioning Charlie about the key and he asks him if it could be Russian when suddenly He-Man and, and uh, yeah, I'm going to keep calling him He-Man and Co. He-Man and Co. Can, can I go up. back a bit though? Go on. Because there's a moment where they're questioning Kevin and Kevin says they asked me for the key but I didn't have it and then He-Man says did they take it? He's like no no He-Man he, he didn't have it. <laughs> which which part of that weren't you listening to? <laughs> well, he's not the brightest, is he? I mean... No, and then the, he's like, there was this woman, and she had strange eyes, and they expected man and arms to go, was she beautiful? Was she? She was, wasn't she? Beautiful. <laughs> oh, so beautiful. What? But none of that happened. They're not called He-Man and Man of Time, so they're PhDs, are they? That's true, mm. that's true. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, so Lubick asks Charlie if the key could be Russian. Uh, when suddenly He-Man and his group turn up, He-Man asks for the key, but Lubick uh, pulls his revolver, and he tells them all to freeze. He's taking the way that they all look extremely well, as well. It's the eighties, I suppose. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, you got. I mean, hold on, it's the eighties, and it's a music star. I suppose, but I mean, look at He-Man. He's wearing. Next to nothing, he's wearing a, a cape with a loincloth and a bit of a thing over his chest. Isn't that what you used to wear at school? <laughs> it's, what it's what I'm wearing now. Trust me, it, it looks great. 
I know it does. Why do you think I'm wearing it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. See my pecs poking well, out between the two uh, cross hairs there. Is, yep, yep. I see your Templetons. Yeah, yep. very good. They tried to persuade him that they're <laughs> on the same side, but uh, Lubick's having none of it. Suddenly, Gwildor exclaims that the enemy have found them. Finally, it's hotting up. Well, it, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go that far. Oh. Taking advantage. Finally, it's it's simmering. It's simmering. Yes, that's probably more likely. Taking advantage of the distraction, Teela disarms Lubick. He-Man asks Gwildor to calculate the coordinates to take them home, while the rest prepare for a fight. Outside, Evelyn has arrived with a, a small army in tow. Back in the store, Gwildor yeah. begins the calculations. Uh, everyone else takes cover. He-Man asks Man at Arms how he feels. I'm feeling a little hungry, he replies. That, 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 that. He's always. Yeah, yeah, that, I thought that was quite a good line. He's always hungry. Uh, uh, That's his uh, thing. As, was that his thing in the cartoon I series? I don't think I don't so. Remember. I don't think he had a thing in the cartoon hmm. series. Wow, so the film has actually deepened his character. Well, you say deepened. I mean, he's got that one thing. Hasn't he? That's, they've all got all. If you think about it, really, that's they've still, all got that's one thing. Still more than he had. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. The, Lubick still thinks that everyone is nuts. When suddenly soldiers burst in and a battle erupts. Gwildor is still calculating while Kevin watches. Teela needs him to hurry, but Gwildor says it would go faster if he had the help of a master song maker. Tell you this. So I guess he's gonna have to call Stark, Aiken, and Waterman. Do you know what? I was just I was just about to say, there's never a cliff or a shaky when you need one, is there? No. Mm. He he's got he he was on TV recently. He was on the last leg performing. Which one? He's got a new like shaky. best of shaky. album. Shaky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got some new tracks on it as well. I I, I don't mind a bit of shaky. Yeah. I'm sure I've pointed out in the past. It's the first gig I ever went to. Just shaking Stevens. That's right. It was yeah. Shaking Stevens was your first gig. Yeah. 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 The battle continues. It's not a bad action sequence. I, I I thought it was quite quite fun. Lots of laser guns and explosions going off. It's all right. Yeah, there's not much you can get wrong with it, right? Luby gets anxious, reminding Teela that her buddies could be getting creamed out there. Well, I don't mean creamed, but <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, that, yeah. Bugs and Malone now. Getting <laughs> pies at each other. Uh. Tossing a yeah. weapon to Kevin, she orders him to watch Lubick while she goes to help. Teela then goes outside and takes out a bunch of guards in one in one go, really, doesn't she? She just pops up from behind and just shoots about three people in one go. And then, smirking, she says the line, Woman at arms. You know that whatever writer came up with that was probably patting himself on the back there, don't you? Yeah, it's, it is it's a, terrible a terrible line. line. Yeah, it is. I mean, I, I can see what they're trying to do. They're trying to do the thing that is now commonplace. Yes. But they're so heavy, heavy-handed when they do it that it, it, it comes off really, really bad. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Lubick then tries to get the gun away from Kevin, um, but he won't play ball. Um, the cop threatens them all with jail. He says they're all going to go to jail unless they help him. Meanwhile outside, Julie looks out the window and sees her mother. Yes, her mother. Out in the alleyway. Her dead mother. Her dead mother. So she ignores Kevin, who is now in full-blown struggle with the cop, and goes out to talk to her dead mother. Not questioning this at any point. This is the kind of sequence that that 
you see in loads of things, don't you? And it never once works for me. It never rings true. They even do it... it, it I suppose one of the biggest things is Star Trek Generations with Picard, where he's he, he's in the Nexus and he's got a wife and kids, and he just goes with it. Yeah, but I could buy it when you're in the Nexus because perhaps the Nexus environment is affecting your mind. Okay, that would explain why Kirk. Like you're in a totally different place. That, that would explain why Kirk spent five years completely seeing through anything like this, but yet. In, in in Star Trek Generations, he's completely taken in. It's right. not bad writing. Whereas this is just a bit. It's not bad writing. But, no, no, no. No. Oh, no. but, but I, I never like oh, scenes like this oh. where people just suddenly accept something without questioning it, even though it's, right. it's just there because they need it to be there. It's like, how can we get the cosmic key away from yeah. away from them? That's the only reason that's there. Yeah, they sat around. Yeah, yeah. So her quote-unquote mother explains that the plane crash was all faked and tells Julie that her new friends are a part of it as well and she needs the shiny metal thing that they have. So back inside, Kevin and the cop are still fighting over the gun. Uh, It spins away into the corner. Gwildo picks it up and he fires off a shot, getting everyone's attention. But suddenly Julie rushes in, grabs the key and takes it out to her quote-unquote mother, who, surprise, surprise, turns out to be Evelyn. She's bewitched her. That was something she could do in the the cartoon, by the way. Change her form. Right. It would have been more amusing if it had been Beastmaster. And, like, he he, he couldn't do it properly, so when he was a mother, she still had a beard. (laughs) Or fur. Yeah, it would have been a funny turn. The bad guys make off with the key as the heroes give chase. Lubick takes the shotgun from under the now destroyed shop counter and he runs out into the burning street only to duck behind a car as soldiers fire on him. The car explodes. I think I'm going to need some backup, he says. Yeah, but it's pointless because there won't be any. I mean, there's no cops, there's no people. Well, there are some cops in a minute, but for some reason they don't believe a word of what he says even though they're standing in a war zone. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, the whole town's devastated. I also like the fact that when he does actually see him, he's like, oh, it's some kind of cult. Yeah, he just he just won't have it at all. Yeah, yeah some, some kind of cult. It's like some kind of wonderful, but with death chants instead of drumming. E- Evelyn yeah. signals Skeletor and a portal opens. The heroes take cover as Skeletor emerges, flying in a huge craft followed by soldiers on flying discs. It looks reasonably impressive, this bit, I thought. I think the music helps as well. It does, yeah. And it's filmed, I mean, it's it's obviously a physical object, and it's filmed from below it pointing upwards. It's clearly on the back of a truck Yeah, but even even the shot of the the model didn't look as bad as the previous shots of the models, I didn't think. I know, but we're getting bigger and bigger. At some point, you could just maybe suck the earth into the portal... (laughs) So it was in <laughs> inside where that you were. That would solve a lot of problems. Like mob. Yeah. Yeah, larger and larger objects yeah. are coming through. Yeah, yeah. He, we're not dealing with with brains here, though, are we? On 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 either side. So. No, no. Evelyn yeah. reports to Skeletor that she has the key, but he's less than impressed that she still doesn't have He-Man. That's all he cares about at this point, I think. No. 
Now, yeah, he's, he's gone mm-hmm. past the kid. He orders his flying disc men, or whatever they're called, to find He-Man. And we get another action sequence where model work is involved, some of which is okay, some of which isn't so good. Is that yeah. the flying sequences? Yeah. It, sometimes it looks all right, and other times it looks a bit yeah. ropey, I think. Yeah. Uh, the others run up to the roof of a building as He-Man commandeers a disc and flies towards um, the enemy. He uses the grappling hook to steal back the key from Evelyn. I, I did have to laugh at the sequence where um, He-Man is flying towards one of the disc centurion people, and they're like they're like jousting with each other, aren't they? They're flying towards each other, and the centurion must fire mm-hmm. off about ten shots and misses He-Man every single time. And all he's doing is just kind of ducking a little bit as <laughs> as the shots are coming at him. That's because it. He he ain't got a weapon in his hand. Yeah, but I mean, could the fact that he doesn't hit him once? No, that they can only shoot objects. Oh, out of I see. Hands. Right, I get you. Yeah, they can't right, shoot yes. people. So that confused him no, completely. No, that makes sense to me. Thank you for explaining that to me. Yeah. Skeletor orders one of the flying centurions to lead He-Man to him. Back on the roof, the heroes are crowded together discussing how to get home. When Skeletor's ship slowly rises up behind them. I, I think I'd notice a dirty great big spaceship flying up behind me, wouldn't you? It's, uh, it's that thing again, well, isn't it, that we talked about before? It, yeah. Almost like the ship's a helicopter. You can't hear a helicopter unless you see yes. it. Maybe he's engaged whisper mode. Sorry. <laughs> no, I'm asking you to engage whisper mode. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Oh, sorry. Man at arms and Teela fire, but Skeletor has a force field now for some reason. Yeah, could have used that earlier. Yeah, yeah. Surrounded, the yeah. heroes disarm and surrender. <gasps> Maybe it's a dramatic force field. Oh, I don't know. Like, in- engage dramatic force field. Sorry, moment is not dramatic. Unable to comply. So it can only kick in at certain moments. If the drama level yep. is at the right... Yep. I see, right, okay. Yeah, yeah, it has like a drama gauge mm-hmm. on it. Red, and when it hits like a 10 point drama level then the force field will engage that that's still a better idea than anything else in this film so yeah mm. the guards surround the heroes as he-man arrives julie screams to warn him that it's a trap a skeletal fires what looks like force lightning from his hand we can do that all right okay apparently now he hits julie in the leg <gasps> no he can do it because he's absorbed powers from the sorceress all right, I'll go with that. Yeah, that's all right. Uh, he hits Julie in the leg, and he sends He-Man crashing down to the ground. He-Man puts on a rousing fight as Dove Lundgren gets to show off a few of his martial arts moves. Not many, but one or two. Mm-hmm. And we see, like, at no point could any of these troopers shoot him. Uh, you're doing that thing again, Colin, where you're thinking about it. Yeah. Oh yeah, stop that, sorry. Uh, finally, though, Skeletor orders him to surrender and return to Eternia as his slave or his friends will die. I, I, I did chuckle when Skeletor referred to Earth as a tasteless planet. Why, because he's tried eating it? <laughs> no, I just thought, I mean, we've only seen one place really in Eternia, haven't we? Which is the throne room, you know. Yeah, yeah, he hasn't experienced no, everything. no. He-Man, He-Man right. surrenders his... Also, 
Maybe that's why Tila was sniffing the mud. They do actually taste the place before they <laughs> like it or not. They're, they're licking the walls. Yeah. Oh, it's not bad, this one. Oh. <laughs> Tastes of chicken. But they would do after it. Hey, evil chicken, Lynn. Try this. You'll like it. Well, if you go in Kevin's house, isn't the, the chickens all over the walls? That's a, yeah, that's all there is yeah. everywhere. He-Man surrenders his sword and allows himself to be shackled. And we get a moment here where Dolph Lundgren really struggles with his line, doesn't he, I think? This is one of the worst ones. His line is, I don't want innocent people to die. But it comes out like, I don't want innocent people to die. Hmm. How would you have done that? I don't want innocent people to die. Or I could, or if I wanted to do Shatner, it would, I don't want innocent people to die. Yeah, very good. All right. So Skeletor returns to Eternia with He-Man, leaving the rest to, as he says, rot with yeah. the rest of the movie. Because he assumes that life in this place is so bad. I guess so. I guess that's what he's... Whereas on Eternia, which he's trying to rule, looks lovely. Yeah, well, I mean, you've got lots of rocks. If you like rocks. Yeah. Mm, sand. Rocks, sand. Yeah. Julie is really sick now from her wound. Which looks pretty nasty. I mean, it's never going to heal if she keeps scratching it, is it? Gwildor tells them that the key is damaged and that the tones have been erased from its memory. On the street, Lubick's backup have arrived. But as I said before, no one seems to be believing his story, even though they're standing amidst destruction and fires and blown up cars and buildings have exploded. But they're still kind of taking the piss out of him, aren't they? The heroes take Julie down onto the street and try to tend to her poisonous wound. Matt, Matt Arms, Matt Arms, he's a good detective. <laughs> Matt, Matt at Arms, <laughs> full name, Matthew yeah. at Arms, <laughs> Matt at Arms, okay. Matt at Arms tells Kevin that only the sorceress can heal her now, but there's no way back without the tones. But luckily, Kevin is a musical genius. He can remember the tones in his head, and all he needs to make it work is a Casio keyboard. Wait, he can remember those whole five notes? He can, apparently. He's a genius. It's... it's... It's like Amadeus, reborn. It is, it is. If he had a mullet. Hmm. Yeah. Wait... Amadeus, I think Amadeus probably did kind of. I, don't, I, don't, you know, I said it, I thought he probably, yeah, I thought he probably did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's funny how it all comes full circle, isn't it? Yeah. Gwilder asks him if he's a master song maker. Oh, he's a master something, all right. Mm. Yeah. Kevin, Kevin doesn't think that he can do it until everyone convinces him to believe in himself. Is that what the uh, message of this movie is? Believe in yourself. Believe in yourself. Well, if, if it had a message, that could be it, yeah. Well, He-Man has a message every episode. That's true. That is very true. Yes, he doesn't have that. Although, apparently, the, the makers of that show weren't particularly happy with that, were they? Well, no, that was forced upon them. Yeah. Back at Castle Grayskull, Skeletor marches a now loincloth-wearing He-Man into the throne room, and he gloats about his victory to the sorceress, who seems to have aged about 40 years. No. Yeah, like like our listeners in this podcast. Langella goes into full on scene chewing magnificence here, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. 
He shows her the Sword of Greyskull, and he slams it into a mechanical lock before throwing He-Man to the floor. I'm not doing the speeches, by the way. Oh. Do you, do you have them? Really? No, I didn't write anything at this point. He-Man says that he will never kneel, and so Skeletor has Blade whip him. Now, is it me, or is Skeletor enjoying watching a half-naked He-Man oiled up and sweat glistening just a little bit too much? in this bit he he's enjoying it about as much as you are <laughs> also why is blade doing the whipping he's not called whipping man maybe he's learned a new skill oh he's like oh i, I used to be known as blade now i i was the artist formerly known as blade yes now i'm the whipping man well uh, i mean let's face it he's better at whipping than he is with his swords judging from what call me seen. the whipster the whipster yes yeah, I'm the whipster now. Is he cruel? That's what I do. I... Is he a cruel whipster? No, is he, a... is he a cool whipster? A cool whipster? Yeah. You know, because I'm so cool, I'm going to be known as the whipster cool. Not cool whipster, the other way around. Yeah, that's it. That's what you got to do. you yeah. got to own it like that. Yeah, mm. yeah. That's what I'll be known as now. I'm not Blades. I'm Whipster Cool. Whipster Cool. I'll remember that. I'll, I'll remember to call him Whipster Cool in a minute. Then. Lubick sees Kevin back, back on Earth. Lubick sees Kevin speed by in the car, having picked up a keyboard from somewhere. And he orders the other cops. Charlie's. To... Oh, is that right? I thought Charlie's was destroyed, though. Yeah, he went in and uh, that's what he said he was going to do. He's going to go, right, oh, Charlie's okay. got some okay. keypads. So Lubick orders the other cops to follow him. Kevin gets back to Gwildor and shows him the keyboard. Um, at first, Gwildor's a little puzzled by it, uh, but eventually they hook it up to the cosmic key. The key is confusing for some reason. Yeah, because he says keys, and he's, doesn't he say, where are the keys? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, which is odd. Like, keys have to be a certain shape or design. It can't be anything. Well, I could understand it if he thought that keys looked like keys but then he refers to the keys on the cosmic key as keys and they look like keys on a keyboard so they're yep. just keys i don't think Gildar made this thing <laughs> i think you're right though i don't, i think i think your uh, yeah. estimation is 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 pretty accurate julie meanwhile yep. is getting worse um Everyone just seems to have forgotten, by the way, the massive cock-up that she made earlier with the cosmic key by giving it to the uh, person who is not her mother. Oh, I, I can imagine. So I can imagine there's all this group, right, and there's there's you. And all this group are going, oh, we've got to do this thing, we've got to move on. And you're like, hold on. She gave the key to the bad people. Let her die. <laughs> It's just you, like, putting your foot down. And they're all going, no, you've got to be better than that, Paul. Remember, it's all about us. No, 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 I'm petty. I'm sorry, but, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that'd that be your name, Petty Man. Look at Petty Man over there. <laughs> oh. I'm surprised. You used to be friends with Evil Chicken Lane. Yeah, I'm surprised that, that Petty Man wasn't actually a character, as we said. Um, yeah. Back at Attorney, a Skeletor has come in his pants and orders enough of the whipping. Oh, he's finished. He's, finished. he's done. He's done. Taunting He-Man, Frank Langella now gives his all. Talking about the Alpha, the Omega, and Rebirth. 
I mean, he's he's definitely having the time of his life here, Frank Langella, isn't he? You can see it. I like that speech, though. It's, it's good. Speech. It is a very good speech. It's a very good speech. It's not as good as the line that comes in a minute, I don't think, which was all Frank Langella's idea. Okay. But, um, we cut back to it. There's lots of cutting backwards and forwards between Eternia and Earth at this point. Um, we cut back to Earth, and Lubick spots the heroes, and he moves in. Back on Eternia, Skeletor addresses the planet via his hollow sphere, gloating about his win as the moon, moon, as the moon reaches its zenith. He utters the line, I, Skeletor, am master of the universe. So we got the title in, finally. That's a good line. Yeah. An iron. Wait, the, an I-, I think the title, the title is in the narration. At the it, beginning, it, that's but, true, it I- is, yeah, it is. An iris in the castle opens and lights surround Skeletor, filling him with power and Shakespearean performance. He glows, erupting in light. I am more than man now, he says. More than life. I am a god. It's funny. That, that was said so much better earlier. I can't remember why. But yeah. Yeah. I, I actually made the joke. I actually, wrote, I actually, when I wrote that in my notes, I actually... I know what you wrote. You wrote... Yeah, Colin usually says this. <laughs> Something like that. But wouldn't you if it was the other I way knew around? you would. You would if it was the other way around, wouldn't you? You'd make some joke. No, because it'd be too laughable. Well, you did it for me, so I didn't have to. Blasting with light, yeah. Skeletor's costume changes into a golden armour, and he shoots beams of light from his eyes into He-Man. Kneel, he screams. I, I hate this whole golden armour nonsense. Yeah, yeah. Why, why does Skeleton need golden armor? I know it's supposed to signify that he is now greater than what he is, but it's a shortcut, he's Skeletor. It? It's a shortcut to, to tell you yeah, that he's now It's rubbish. Powerful. I suppose you could also argue that if... I mean, Skeletor's an egomaniac, isn't he? So you could argue that he would give himself this just to show off to everyone else. Right, okay. Yeah. I, I see what you mean, though. I, yeah. I, I, it's pointless, but... You didn't bother you, you know, but it didn't bother me as much as it obviously bothered you. It. But I can see why it it, it 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 is pointless and it doesn't go anywhere. So back on Earth, they switch on the key, and musical genius Kevin plays the keys. But Lumic decides to jump up at this point and pumps his shotgun, ordering them to freeze. But it's too late. The portal opens and it sucks them all in. Just when you think Lumic couldn't be more annoying. Oh, we'll get there. He gets even more annoying yeah, in a minute, true. doesn't he? Well, right at the end of the movie, actually. Yep. Yep. Back at Grayskull, Skeletor continues his smugness. And here we get the line that Frank Langella added, as he asks He-Man if the loneliness of good is equal to the loneliness of evil. That's a good line. Best line in the movie, I think. It yeah. is. Yeah. And the answer is, no, it's not. <laughs> like you would know, Colin. Like you know, yeah, Paul. Suddenly the portal appears and Tila, Manatarms, Gwildor, Kevin, Julie and a bewildered Lubick arrive complete with their own diorama. Yes, the pink Cadillac cut mm-hmm. off and, a, a, and the a bit of wall and stuff, yeah. yeah. It's amazing they didn't sell that as a tie. Yeah, I think I, I'm more amazed that they haven't done it now, to be honest, than back then. It's the kind of thing yeah, that sells now. That's right, Master of the Universe diorama, mm. yeah. And then we get a climactic battle sequence with lasers and Lubick shooting back with his shotgun. He-Man uses Skeletor's force lightning to, to break his chains before clumsily fighting his way through an endless parade of troopers. It's all right, this bit. 
It is what it is. It's yeah, but it's not that enticing or interesting. You kind of switch off at this point. Does this have the effect on you as the fight sequence at the end of Avengers um, Infinity War or Assemble or whichever one it's called? Which one is it? Avengers End. It, it doesn't yeah. matter. Every Marvel. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just bishy bashy. Yeah. Yeah, I can see what you mean. He-Man gets to use his strength finally, and he pushes a few statues over onto some guards. Evelyn decides at this point that she's enough of this for a lark, and she orders the mercenaries to prepare her escape craft, and she leaves the movie. Nice. Excellent. Good yeah. choice. <laughs> Uh, finally, E-Man retrieves his sword, pulling it from the lock. He holds it aloft and proclaims, finally, the line, I have the power. E-Man. Yeah. It's a shame we didn't cut to that, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it is, definitely. And now, see, th- th- as you said, th- that should have been the moment where Prince Adam turns into He-Man. That's what they should have used that moment for in the in the story, rather than... A... Yeah, it should have pulled the two together. If you had Adam at the beginning... Yeah. Then you have Adam at the end. Mm-hmm. Like, you would have had He-Man lose his power at some mm-hmm. point, and it would have been Adam that have figured things yeah. out, but then have managed to turn to He-Man at the yeah. end. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, if you wanted to do it, you just make it that the, the power comes from the sword, and he doesn't get his power back until he and gets the sword. And you know what? Yeah. Also, having Adam would have would have meant that you didn't need Julie or Kevin because Adam would have been the relatable character who then would have turned into He-Man at the end. Yeah, yeah. But no, we don't do that. And now we get what we've been waiting for, the final battle sequence between He-Man and Skeletor. And it's, um... It's okay. It's just like two people hitting each other for a bit. Yeah, it's a shame we never got what they originally intended to do, I think. Because it sounds like it was... I'm not even... Yeah, I'm not sure the director would have been able to pull it off. Probably not. not, no. no. From the sounds of that documentary, yeah, Frank Langella was more than happy to direct it himself from the from what, the way he talks about it. I, actually, I, I think that would have been a better yeah. deal. Yeah. That if they'd let the, uh, the stunt coordinator guy who was training him on swords direct that yeah. scene, I think that would have been better. Yeah, yeah. it's a shame. In the end, He-Man forces Skeletor off a bridge and he falls into oblivion. A bit like the end of Return of the Jedi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, power is restored. The sorceress goes from uh, being decrepit to back to normal. And He-Man sighs with relief and says, victory. Later, Lubick is sitting on a throne beside the sorceress with a hot nubile woman on his arm there's nothing like failing upwards is there i know like how does he like obnoxious annoying got almost people yep. killed messed up every time how does he get this attractive woman and this new life I of know, luxury he, he did nothing no what does that tell people well, it gets even worse in a minute julie is all better as the sorceress gives a little glowing orb device to her keep this with you she says an eternia will always be near so she gets an orb. Lubick gets mm-hmm. yeah. She gets the gets orb. a hot woman and a, and a position on the throne. Nice life. What yeah. does musical genius Kevin get? Nothing. He's the cheery of this hmm. story, isn't he? Doesn't even get a medal. I mean, he's the one that pulled the four notes out of thin air. 
That's true. That's yeah. true. He's the one who managed to remember those five notes in the correct yep. order. Nothing. Took, took. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just thinking Markham and Wise. <laughs> the Markham and Wise gag. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It's not necessarily in the right order. So, do, 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 do. So, everyone says a tearful goodbye as Gwildor opens the portal back to Earth. He tells them that he can send them anywhere backwards or forwards in time to whatever era of Earth they want to go back to. But no. Suddenly, this is a thing. It is a thing, suddenly. But no. I mean, time travel wasn't mentioned before about this key. If time travel was a thing from this key, couldn't he have just time traveled everybody to a period before Skeletor? Or Evelyn had taken the key? And stop it all from happening to begin with. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. This is horrible. <laughs> this this is horrible, this bit. Hate this bit. So they just want to go back, but at the very last moment, as the portal begins to swallow them up and everyone wishes them good journey, Julie shouts out, Send us back to... But it's lost. Oh. And Gwildor was never told about... Julie's upbringing or her parents no. dying, so no. it's finished. But he okay. gives them nothing a, could happen there. But he gives her a kind of a knowing look, doesn't he, as he's typing the keys a, in? A knowing look, based on no knowledge whatsoever. <laughs> That's how he runs his business, obviously, though, as we've said. Be- because so. he was never told anything. No. Also, he's stolen that device. It doesn't know how it works. He could have been making up about the time travel bit. Exactly. He's the Arthur Daly of Eternia. Yeah, it's like, yeah, I got this key. It can make you go through back and forth through time. Also, I got a lovely deal of some tights. <laughs> <laughs> so she wakes up in bed and goes downstairs. Do you want to buy a motor? <laughs> <laughs> so she wakes up in bed and goes downstairs. Her parents are in the kitchen. <gasps> it's the day of the crash. That's why you could steal the Cadillac. <laughs> He knows. He knows a guy who knows a guy. Yeah, he's like the Alpha Dale. He knows about cars. He's got a used car sales lot. <laughs> That's why. Oh, okay, that helps. So she wakes up in bed. She goes downstairs. Her parents are in the kitchen. It's the day of the crash. Gwildor has sent them back in time. Somehow. Somehow. So Julie, begs... even though Gwildor didn't know about her death. No, 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 no. But we we've established. That what's going on with Gwildor's? <laughs> we know now. Yeah. <laughs> He's, got... <laughs> He's a tricky bugger. He is. Julie begs... Keep your eye on him. Yeah, keep your eye on him. Julie begs her parents not to go on their trip to... and going to the extent of stealing her dad's keys and running outside to where Kevin is waiting. They embrace as Kevin lifts up the Eternian globe. It all really happened and they both remember it. And we zoom in onto the, the globe itself. And we see Castle Grayskull as He-Man raises his sword again and shouts, I have the power! He-Man. And that's the end of Masters of the Universe, except it isn't quite the end. Mm. Well, apparently. So, long before Marvel did it, we get a post-credits sequence where Skeletor's head bursts out from under some water. He looks into the camera and he growls, I'll be back! No, you won't. Oh, no. no, that's it. You're done. You're done. And that really is the end yep. of Masters of the Universe. So, Colin, and I think I know where we're going in this, but uh, 
What did you think of Masters of the Universe? In my mind, I have drawn a line graph of this film. Okay. And it starts with low down, where I'm like, hmm, a movie of He-Man? Mm-hmm. Not sure how they could do that. And then it goes way up, right, mm-hmm. for about 20 minutes. And then it starts to plummet and continues to plummet until it reaches the end with this dream sequence where it just goes so low, I have to actually start drawing on the table that I've put the graph on. (laughs) That's low. Yeah, very low. Mm -hmm. We're talking limbo low. Mm -hmm. So it's a hit, is what you're saying? um, Oh, yeah, it's great. I love it. I wish I did love it. It's got elements that I like, Mm -hmm. and yet... I think that's why it hurts so much because I'm so disappointed by it. Yeah. There are so many mistakes, yeah. like simple errors that I don't know, a basic screenwriter would see I, a wrong I don't, decisions to make. I don't think there was a lot of oversight on this movie, was there? No. And, and obviously, okay, positives. Frank Langella, excellent as Skeletor. Yeah. Brilliant. Carries the film. Should have been in it more. Should have been just called Skeletor. (laughs) Bit like Joker. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Evil Lynn. She's great. Meg Foster's brilliant Mm -hmm. in that role too. I like Mm -hmm. that. Could have a spin-off of her. Don't mind. The problem is with He-Man himself, who's hardly in the film, let's be honest, because for some reason they decided to focus on Kevin and Julie who I don't care about, Mm -hmm. still don't care about, never will. No. No. So unfortunately for me, this film is a miss. Okay. Um, I I agree with pretty much everything that you've said. The best thing in this movie is Frank Langella. I do think some of the... Yes. I do think it's colourful in places, and I do do enjoy the comic book aspect of it. it. but, and there's a, but isn't it colourful until we get to Earth yes, and then it kind of yes. just like... Yeah, yeah. It, without doubt, the first the first 20 minutes are the best parts of the movie. I like Frank Langella. Dolph Lundgren's got the acting chops of a brick wall. He's got... There's nothing there, really. Um, yeah, yeah you, you need a charismatic actor do. to play He-Man. Yeah, and, and he's not it. Um, it. It is a guilty pleasure at times this film for me I, I i do i did like it as a kid i kind of still I, I i get i get a certain amount of enjoyment out of it but probably for all the wrong reasons it's when you watch a movie that you know is bad but you enjoy it because it's bad um i think it's more annoying because you you know what they did wrong adam is your relatable character yeah. use yeah. him yeah he man loses his powers if you have to do Earth because of budget reasons, then Adam finds his way mm-hmm. on Earth, fish out of water, regains his yeah. powers at the end, kills Skeletor. That's a film. I, I think it was interesting that apparently there was a, a comic book adaptation of this, and one of the final scenes in the comic book was that the Man of Terms brings out um, a, an American flag from Eternia or a NASA flag or something, which kind of implies that at some point in the future, Eternia was, was colonised by humans from Earth, and that's where they all come from, which which is a bit of a Planet of the Apes thing, isn't it? 
Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, but I think that just kind of shows the 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 weakness in the fact that it's just a complete mishmash of of ideas from better movies at times. Right. Um. Yeah. It's not a hit. I enjoy it if I'm in the mood, but it's not a hit for me either. What, what mood is that? Silly, a Depression? very silly mood. <laughs> oh, yeah. okay. But it's not a hit, no. So, that's it for Masters of the Universe, Colin. Yeah, apparently we don't have the power. We don't. We don't. Especially not after this movie. Yeah. No. Well, thank you for listening. Please subscribe and rate us wherever you download this podcast. And thank you to our current patron supporters. And until next time, goodbye. Bye.